the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check your thoughts and your desires and your imaginations and those pictures that come into your mind. We need to get down before the Lord and say, God, it's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. If you're experiencing a storm, a conflict, a difficulty in your life, then this message today is for you. The message comes from Mark chapter 4, where Jesus, with the disciples in a boat, in the midst of a terrific storm, speaks peace to that storm. The storm ceases. The waters die down. Jesus is still speaking peace. Fred, let Jesus calm your storm today. Let's go into the sanctuary, hear this message, and hear him speak specifically to you and the storm that's going on in your life, bringing about a peace. Come on, let's go into the sanctuary. Scripture says, without warning, a furious storm came up. That's in Matthew's gospel. A furious storm came up. I, I looked at the title on the street when I was coming in this morning, and I thought, did I do right to name this sermon, Get Storm Ready? I wonder how many people were turned away by that sermon title. I wonder how many of you came because of the sermon title. But storms do come, and they don't come with notification. They just sometimes come, and we have to be ready for them to come. We have to be a little realistic and know that these things are going to happen to us. I read this story about Jesus and the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. And the storm came. Jesus was in the boat, asleep on a, on a pillow. The disciples had no idea that there was going to be a storm. Doppler radar doesn't work on the Sea of Galilee. And it certainly worked. They didn't have anything like radar back then anyway. But the Sea of Galilee is about... 600, more than 600 feet below sea level. It's a basin, and it's surrounded by mountains, and those mountains have deep-cut valleys, like, and they act and serve like funnels in the Mediterranean high mountains. That cool air comes down through those valleys. There's a number of those valleys, and those valleys act like funnels. And when that cold air cool air hits those valleys, it, it enforces that air. It comes at a great velocity. And when that cool air hits the human warm air in that basin of the Sea of Galilee, furious storms break out. And there's no indication whatsoever that there's going to be a storm until the storm hits. Today, we're going to talk about getting ready for the storm. Last week I talked about what do we do when we're in the storm. Well, we do some of the same things when we're in the storm 
But if we are prepared for the storm, then, and we're doing those things that need to be done, it's so much easier to do it then again when the storm hits and God will see us through and help us. God is with us to bless us. Last week, the sermon's title was Trusting God in Adversity. Today, trusting God before the adversity comes. The word trust, you might remember last week if you still have the bulletin, trust is simply a deep reliance on the Lord, a settled confidence in God's care and faithfulness to his word. I believe the word of God, period, that's it. I believe God is in every event. That's a big statement. That's an awesome statement. Cancer, heart attack, divorce, rebellious children. Is God in those events? Trust says, I can make it through. I can overcome. I can still be me. And I can come out victorious in the end. Trust says, I'm going to make it because I'm trusting God and I believe God's word is true and is as relevant today as it was when it was first spoken. What to do when you are already in the storm, that was last week, today, getting ready, you know the storm is coming. This sermon title, Get Storm Ready, came about as a result of Fred and I in South Carolina driving down the highway we looked up at a big billboard, billboard, and those three letters were on the billboard. Get storm ready. I thought, boy, that would be a good sermon title to preach at church some Sunday. <laughs> I get sermon titles all the time. <laughs> get storm ready. Well, sometimes out of the ocean comes ferocious winds and rains that pounding the banks of North and South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia. People hear that it's coming. Doppler radar says it's coming. People are preparing for the storm. You've seen pictures on television. They're boarding up their windows of their businesses and their homes. The highways are bumper to bumper. The interstates just barely moving along. People trying to get off the coast and get inland. You go into a supermarket, the shelves where there's been water bottles, bottles of water, they're empty. The the milk shelves are empty. Uh, All the candles and uh, what do you call those little things you put in a flashlight? (laughs) Just wanted to make sure you were with me. Batteries. They're all gone. People are storm ready. Listen, if people can be that wise and that circumvent, in, in, in an announcement like that, how about the spiritual storms? When we're impacted by negative things in our lives, we need to get ready. And we are getting ready. Even now, as we're here worshiping the Lord, preparing our hearts to know him more intimately than before. Get storm ready. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Do not be surprised as though some strange thing is happening to you. Did you hear what First Peter said under the anointing of the Holy Spirit? We become surprised, but why? 
We already know it's coming. There's going to be tribulation and trials and difficulties, cancers, heart attacks, deaths, divorce, rebellious children. It's here. It happens to Christian and non-Christian alike. Why be so surprised? What we need to be is to be ready because the storm is going to come. And when it comes, we won't be devastated by it. Last week, I told you about my cousin, Reverend Ronald Stanley. I call him Ronnie. He's three and a half years older, younger than I am. He's been a pastor all his adult life. He retired from the ministry, but before he retired from pastoring, he built a home, a house in Pennsylvania where he was going to retire in that house. And uh, then when he resigned and left the, the pastorate, he and his wife moved to Pennsylvania and moved in that house. They were only in that new house four months when he was stricken with this, with this catastrophic stroke. I told you a little bit about it. I called him this past week, and I talked to him about two times a month. He was the one that ministered at my mother's funeral. Someday I hope that Ronnie will be able to come down and, and meet you and perhaps even preach. He told me this past week, he told me the story again. I wanted to make sure I had it right. That for the last four years, he has suffered from this stroke. And the the question was from me to him, Ronnie, did you tend to become bitter and question God? You've been a faithful pastor. You've preached the word. And then God would allow this to happen to one of his pastors, one of his ministers. Did you, ever, did you ever begin to feel sorry for yourself? And he told me, yes, I did. I felt bad. And he said, I, I even felt that, well, let me tell you what he said. I was in the hospital. I looked out and I saw the, the pastor of the church that I started attending in Pennsylvania four months while I was moving into my new house and before I went into the hospital. And he said, I saw the pastor coming. And he said, I thought to myself, why are you coming to me? I didn't want to see that man. Friend, you've got to get ready for the storm. The storm's going to come. I said, well, how did it happen? He said, "Uh, no notification at all. One nice morning My wife and I got up, I drove her to the store, and uh, she went in the store, and he said, I decided to just wait in the car because I knew she wouldn't be in there long. And he said, while she was in the store, he said, "I, I got out of the car, and I walked up to McDonald's, and he said, I was feeling fine. He said, I walked back from McDonald's, just strolling along, got in the car and sat down, and he said, a blood clot in my leg that I didn't know was there. A piece of it broke loose and hit my brain. And when my wife got in the car, my face was all twisted. And he said, I've been in therapy for four years. He says, my whole left side is still paralyzed. But he said, I'm now able to drive the car with my right hand and my right foot, only around town, just a little bit around town. 
And my concern was, how are you doing spiritually now? Oh, he said, I'm in church, hearing the minister preach the word. And he said, I, I sold my house. And he said, I moved into a condominium. And he said, I started a Bible study, a small group, Tuesday morning. He said, the senior citizens come and I teach them the word of God. He made a comeback. He made a comeback. Friend, you can come back wherever you call. God will lift you up. Like Corinne said, the devil knocked me down when God picked me up. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved. This is what you will discover at the Largo Community Church, located in South Bowie, right off of Central Avenue. But just don't take my word for it. Listen to what others are saying about the church. Hi, my name is Phil Mazza, and this is my wife, PJ. We want to welcome you to the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We've been members of the Largo Community Church for over 43 years. We raised our children in the Christian faith, and have been involved in a number of ministries. I have the privilege to serve as the minister of the pastoral care team and small groups. We currently have over 40 small groups that meet at various times and locations in order to grow in their relationship with God and each other. We invite you to worship with us, and we look forward to meeting you soon. God bless. The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Mitchellville, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. Train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both present life and the life to come. Hey, you can take care of yourself right now. And in taking care of yourself right now, you'll be taking care of yourself for all eternity. Yes, bodily exercises, I think I did the right thing by joining the gym. And I'm going to get bigger and stronger all the time. You're not going to recognize me after a while. (laughs) So I need to do that. We walk and we jog and we do all these things. But how about doing something that is of lasting value? Eternal value. These bodies are going to decay. And we talk at funerals. It's like a tent being taken down. No matter how strong we are, it's appointed unto man once to die. But every one of us have an eternal soul. Let's get ready for the storm. Let's get ready for eternity. Let's seek the Lord. Now, here's how we can do it. Are you listening? Have your ears now? Have your attention? Number one, confession. Yes. Come on, read that scripture with me in unison. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all. Now notice, if we confess our sins, we. Who's writing that? The beloved disciple, John. And John is saying we. He is including himself. Friend, let me tell you, regardless of how long you have been saved... You and I still sin in word, in thought, in getting upset, getting ticked off. Somebody did something that we didn't like. 
That person didn't know that we were doing, that he or she was doing something you didn't like. They didn't have you in mind at all, but you got upset. That's a sin that we need to confess, and it happens to Christians. If we confess our sins, confession needs to be an ongoing experience all the time. We come to the Holy Communion table, this do in remembrance of me, helping us to realize that it's through his broken body and his shed blood, Friday evening, Sunday morning, we're going to come to this table and we remember that we need an ongoing cleansing. That's why we have an ongoing coming to this table. But we need to confess those thoughts, those words, those deeds, those actions, those imaginations, those desires. Not because we choose to be a sinner, but because we're human. And the scripture says God remembers that we are human. He remembers our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. Friend, you're not as big a saint as you think you are. Check your thoughts and your desires and your imaginations and those pictures that come into your mind. We need to get down before the Lord and say, God, it's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. God cares for us. He loves us. But we have to keep our heart, our mind constantly. Friend, if we allow it to build up and we don't confess it out, that spiritual thing that is happening to us that I'm calling sin, let's just call it a wrong thought or wrong behavior. Maybe that will make it just a little more often. Because you use the word sin, that's a big word, it's an ugly word. You think of adultery or murder, that's sin. But let's just talk about these wrong thoughts and wrong behaviors and a wrong attitude. That's sin too, but that's not, we won't call it sin because of trying to make it as relevant as we possibly can. But if we don't confess it out, and that's the only way to get it out. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Who do you think Paul was talking to? He was talking to, quote, born-again, spirit-filled Christians. They well, I'm saved. I confessed and repented a long time ago. That's been too long. We need to do it over and over, maybe weekly, maybe even daily, coming to the Lord in this kind of repentance and this kind of confession. Confession is a spiritual catharsis. It is soul cleansing. Come on, get out of the doldrums. Lift your spirits. Away with sadness and depression. Perhaps there's that little little unconfessed something there that's bringing about. And you don't see the connection, but there, there is a connection there. So confess it out to the Lord and allow the Lord to, to bring in a cleansing. If you don't confess it out, it'll be like a, an infection in the flesh. It will start pumping poison into your spiritual uh, heartbeat. It'll go throughout your spiritual system. All of a sudden, the singing isn't like it used to be. Uh, the pastor used to really preach great sermons, but they're not like they used to be. And the people used to be so friendly, but they're not as friendly as they used to Hey, am I talking to anybody here today? <laughs> it happens. Get storm ready. So that's the first thing we need to do. And when the storm hits, we're already confessed. The sin is out. 
It's under the blood of Jesus. We can walk into that trusting God knowing that he's going to be with us and walk with us through, through the storm. Secondly, we need to praise the Lord. Come on. <clears throat> Psalm 22, verse 3. Come on, read it together. God is enthroned on the praises of Israel. The new Israel. God is enthroned. If, if you really want to put a crown on God, we sing crown him Lord of Lords. Praise him. When you praise the Lord, you're literally enthroning him, putting a crown. That's what the scripture says. Enthrone God with praises. God comes near. I like uh, Art Cobb. Where are you, Art? He went home already? <laughs> oh, okay. He'll be back. Okay. All right. Art Cobb said a couple of weeks ago, he said, there's only two times that we need to praise the Lord. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. <laughs> I thank God for the salvation that has come to me. I thank God for my wife and my children. I thank God for every one of you. Two times a day in our devotions, I'm thanking God for the church, and I thank God that I'm healthy, and I could just go on and on and on. Friend, there is a lot to thank God for, and you don't have to be a genius and have a high intellect to remember to thank God for what he has done and the blessings that he's brought into our lives. Begin to thank God when you don't feel like thanking God. And pretty soon you're going to start feel liking, <laughs> thanking God. And the Lord will be there. He will bless you. He will uplift you. He will encourage you. On that very first Palm Sunday, Jesus rode into Jerusalem amidst praises and thanksgiving. Jesus always rides in when there is praise and there's thanksgiving. Do you want Jesus to ride into your troubled situation? It's a turn entirely up to you. All you need to do is to remember his blessing and to begin to praise him, singing Hosanna to the Lord, waving the palm branches of praise in your heart, and Jesus will ride in. You need him to ride into something in your life this morning? He will ride in. And he will bless you and minister to you today. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes, who comes to me in the name of the Lord. He is here, friend, to bless. And then thirdly, the word and prayer. Talking to God. When I read the word of God, God talks to me. When I pray, I'm talking to God. And in the Song of Solomon, or the Song of Psalms, we read the story, it's a love story, of a bride and a bridegroom. It's a simile of Jesus, the bridegroom, and the bride, the church, you, me. And how the bridegroom and the bride fall in love with each other, and an intimate relationship develops. There are things that are going to move in your life and my life that will try to break down that intimacy, cause my spirit to become cold, indifferent. Oh, I'm still a Christian. I still believe. But that intimate relationship, that love relationship, just isn't strong like it once was. Well, I need to come to the Lord and tell him, Lord, I don't feel toward you, toward the church, toward the word like I used to. Tell him about it. That's a good confession. He'll hear you, bless you, restore, 
and bring blessing to you. The bride then says to the bridegroom in the Song of Psalms, take me away with you. That's the church praying to Jesus. Take me away with you. I want to be with you. I I want to hurry to be with you. I don't want to delay and put off and procrastinate. Today is the day of my salvation. I'm repenting. I'm confessing. I'm coming back. I'm getting ready. My soul, my mind, my heart. I'm ready for whatever the enemy brings because God will not allow to come upon me more than I can bear. Friend, establish that wonderful relationship with the Lord. Draw me. Draw me away with you. Draw me with the power of love to the cross where love is poured out. Praise be to the Lord. God is here today. You've heard the word of God. Now you know how to be prepared. And I know you are being prepared. I want to be prepared with you. Let's bow before him. We hope today's healing word has been a blessing and has encouraged your faith in God to grow. If it has, we invite you to email Pastor Morris directly at largocc1 at aol.com and share your blessing or send a prayer request and Pastor Morris will pray for you. Be sure to tune in Monday at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until then, blessings on you.